some reporting that came out yesterday uh, in a number of British media outlets from several women, four, who claimed to have been sexually assaulted and at least one case violently raped by Russell Brand. One of them said she was 16 at the time. So there's um, he was getting in front of these allegations. And now we'll see what the fallout is. But immediately the response seems to fall along party lines and all the rest, which is really kind of discouraging. But there's a lot that goes into this. We're going to speak with Kristen Rayworth, who is a sexual assault survivor, an advocate, uh, someone we've talked to before. Kristen, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's uh, the reaction to this case is what you and I wanted to talk about. And you know what? It's not unexpected, is it? There are millions of people swarming to Brand's defense, some of them on your social media, we should point out. Despite these <laughs> accusations that he's now facing, his supporters remain steadfast, don't they? Yes. And I mean, I think it's also important to point out that all of the sort of, I guess, standard issue right wing accounts have really come to his defense, including Elon Musk. Jordan Peterson, Tucker Carlson. Uh, so you have this this dialogue and narrative that has been created around this, that he isn't being accused of this because potentially he did something wrong. He's being accused of this because he's questioning yeah. the mainstream media narrative. Tucker Carlson tweeted that this is what happens when you question the war in Ukraine. Uh, so there has been a lot of that conversation about him being targeted for this specifically, when if you read the report, and it's an incredibly in-depth, uh, it was a two-year-long investigative report, and if you read what's in there, this is these have been open secrets in the UK oh, yeah. kind of comedian world for years. This is not the result of people being mad that he... Uh, has become sort of a polarizing, more right-wing figure. This is the result of years and years and years of of these kind of things happening and no one having an outlet to be able to speak to them. Well, you know, Chris, I mean, since it, that the original story broke in the documentary this weekend, there's been lots of people that have gone and looked through previous interviews. with I can't remember the name of the lady who, who I think it was 22 years ago, publicly was talking about how, you know, uh, I, he says he's cured his addiction. I know he hasn't cured his sex addiction. I had to forcefully push him off of me. I mean, so if you go back through some of the other statements about him going back long before any of this, this. It was pretty well documented. Yeah, and I think that this is much the same as the Harvey Weinstein story. And a lot of people have been in my mentions on Twitter saying, oh, well, you know, why did they do this? Why did they go to the media? Why didn't they go to the police? Yeah, yeah. First of all, going to the police as a survivor can be very, very difficult, very re-traumatizing, especially when we are talking about some of these allegations go back to 2007. Um, that was not a time where it was a particularly safe time to go to police, especially against someone who at that point was at the absolute height of their fame. So that's one piece. And the second piece is if it wasn't for Ronan Farrow and the New York Times, Harvey Weinstein would never have been brought to justice. So sometimes it is through the media that we are able to get our voices heard and able to get to a point where Harvey Weinstein is going to spend the rest of his life in jail because of that reporting and because of what it enabled survivors to come forward and talk about. The difference is that after COVID, after the last three years, the people that Russell Brand speak to have a deep distrust of the media. So anything that the media reports on or says, his audience base is going to immediately not... Uh, listen to and they're going to dismiss no question absolutely which is an added component to this because we already have the existing issue of um immediately discounting um 
you know, reporting and all. The, I mean, that's been a problem that we had, I thought, made some headway on. Um, but uh, this is that on steroids. Right. But clearly there is still a position where um, uh, it, 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 that that reporting and we talk about how difficult it is, is because, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that discount what you're saying, especially when it's somebody like Russell Brand. But even when it's not um, that barrier of I'm not going to be believed, they're not going to trust me, they're not going to listen to what I have to say. That's still there, Kristen. Yep. And one of the most um, heartbreaking parts of the story to me is the victim who uh, reports to have been raped in 2012, who went to a rape treatment center. So there are med- there's medical evidence backing up what she is saying, which is included in the story. Also included in the story is that Russell Brand actually texted her and apologized for going too far and for what happened. That actually... Exactly. That happened to me, too. I, the person who sexually assaulted me the day after texted me and apologized for it. And that was not proof enough for my social circle. And clearly that is not proof enough for the people in my mentions and all over social media denying that he did anything. You don't text someone, I'm sorry for going too far, when you haven't actually gone too far. In addition, then in 2013, there is someone going on record saying that he heard this woman screaming while she was being raped and he sent her a text apologizing apologizing for not intervening. So this is not just these women's stories. These are multiple people who are uh, acknowledging what happened, who are saying what happened. She has a copy of the text message from Russell Brand. There are copies of of all of these different women's medical records. So it's very important to highlight that this is not just women saying this happened with yeah. nothing else to back it up. That's the thing. I mean, th- this isn't just a, a you know a baseless allegation, like you say, especially that trip to the to the rape, rape clinic the next day. I mean, that is indisputable, right? I mean, you you don't do that. On, I mean, that is as concrete evidence as you can possibly get. So. Um, <sighs> You got to wonder why it continues, and is it just simply because he's part of the 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 culture where he's a leader in that, or I mean, does it go deeper than that where we automatically, you know, if it's somebody that we align ourselves with or we appreciate their singing, their acting, their movie making, doesn't matter what it is, we're willing to overlook what is seemingly obvious. So I think that there are two things at play there. First of all, uh, number one, yes, when it is someone that we like. It is extremely difficult for us to, to even possibly accept that they can be capable of any act of sexual violence. That is one of the most difficult things, especially my generation. Like I remember growing up with the like stranger danger, someone hiding behind a bush type of concept of sexual violence. And that is not the case. It is 80, over 80% of all sexual violence and rape are the result of, of acquaintance sexual assault. People we know, people we like, people we trust. And that is one of the most difficult components is that we don't want to accept that that's humanly possible. So that is a big piece of it. I think that the second part of it is, again, this concept that um, we don't trust, like I said before, we don't trust the media, we don't believe in the media, and we we really stake our, our personalities on some of these folks. So someone like Russell Brand and, you know, whether it's him or Jordan Peterson, who's been spending the last two days defending him online, people's personalities are very linked to these social media figures. And so if they say something, they think that, yeah, you're right, women lie. That's not true. Uh, two to three percent of all sexual violence reports are deemed false. That is very small. 
You also have people who say, oh, if women uh, falsely report, they should they should face the same kind of jail time as the accuser. If you file a false police report, you are actually charged with a crime. There is so much false reporting and understanding on this issue from people on the right that it just bleeds into and people think it's correct. And that's not true. I wanted to ask you about another situation that I think is similar, but it's somewhat different. Um, and that is people, um, I, I'm not testifying, but uh, sort of speaking out in support of someone's character when obviously their character is, is deeply, deeply flawed. I'm thinking about the, the Danny Masterson case from last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, 70 show guy, uh, big star on 70 show. I think he got 30 years. Uh, for, for, he got life with the possibility of parole after 30. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, for, for multiple, multiple incidents uh, of sexual assault and rape. Following that, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, who worked with him, on that 70s show, uh, it came to light that they had sent um, testimony to the case in terms of sentencing, saying, you know what, the Danny that we knew was a wonderful guy. He's a good guy. Um, how, how do you, I mean, if you're, if you're Mila Kunis or Ashton Kutcher, uh, who has now resigned from the board of the Child Sexual Abuse um, Prevention Foundation that he created, um, how do you, is there no room for that? I mean, you can't, how can you testify to somebody's character when they're going to jail for rape? I will, I mean, first off, I'm just going to put this out there that I'm, I'm biased on this in that one of my, someone that I'm close to was actually one of the three women that he was convicted of raping. Um, so I know from her perspective and from the perspective of the other people involved in the case, it was, it, it's very difficult to go through this, to go through not just being sexually assaulted, but then targeted by Scientology for almost 20 yeah, years for yeah. these people. One, one of these women had their dog killed. Like, that's how bad they were targeted to stay silent. And so to have all of that happen, and that's public knowledge. Like, this is not stuff that was only revealed in a court case. This is something that was public knowledge. So for them to come forward and write these letters knowing all of this, it's extremely hurtful to the women involved, to the survivors involved. Uh, and that would be the case regardless of whether or not it was a celebrity or not. But again, this goes back to how do you navigate the complexity of someone that you like and someone that you mm-hmm. care about who has done something wrong? You know, I saw this this tweet that went viral around, oh, I met Russell Brand when I was 16 and he didn't rape me. Great. I'm glad that that didn't yeah, happen yeah. to you. That doesn't negate other people's experience. Where we really need to start having this conversation and where I think that Me Too and so much of this movement on survivor-centric uh, conversations with sexual violence have deviated is the ability for people to say, you can like someone who has been good to you, who has been kind to you, who is in every way that you've ever acknowledged them, been a good friend to you, and also take the time to acknowledge that maybe they, they did something wrong. Those two things are not... Um, incompatible. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like I say, I mean, I, I read his books, I watched his movies, I thought he was funny. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not at all surprised by this. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not going to rally to his defense because I thought he wrote a funny book, you know? Yeah. But I think that we also, in our personal lives, so frequently, like I said before, we go back to that stranger danger person yeah, behind the yeah. perspective. And that's not what it is. And when we when we look at whether it's politicians, you know, there's a there's a former federal NDP MP who has been charged with sexual assault in Saskatchewan. 
Um, and, you know, I don't see a lot of media coverage on that. And I think that that's because, again, he's, you know, he's a residential school survivor. He's been very vocal about his own experiences. That doesn't mean he didn't do this thing. Right. Yeah. What it takes for police to charge someone is very, very high. But people don't talk about this. They don't know how to, how to navigate this when it's someone that they like. And that is where we have hit this wall on the conversation around Me Too is it's very easy to talk about someone you don't like. Like if you see oh. some of the conversations around um, liberal MPs, if they did something wrong, they had the reaction or conservative MPs. If, if Romeo Sagash, who is the NDP MP, former NDP MP who was charged, if that was Stockwell Day, it would be everywhere. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. And it, it would be the, the same people who are rallying to defend. One of them would be rallying to absolutely pillory the other based on political reasons, which, if you look at it, Kristen, is absolutely absurd. It should have no bearing on this at all. It shouldn't, but it always does. Always does, does yeah. Always yeah. does. You know, I, I'm just going to quickly say, like, I have a, a, a very close friend of mine who uh, sued the Alberta provincial government because she was, uh, you know, uh, let go from her position after coming forward around issues of sexual harassment. And I didn't see a lot of conservatives rally to her cause. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I did. It was it was problematic for me professionally. However, those same conservatives, I see them, you know, today, yesterday, talking about this and this NDP MLA in BC who's been removed from his position potentially for yeah, issues. Yeah, just today. Yeah. So honestly, like we need to start putting the same. Uh, perspective and criticism that we do for people not on our side or people we don't like that we do for people who are on our side because if we don't do that it's never going to change yeah yeah Kristen, it seems seems simple i'm i'm way out of time but uh great conversation we'll we'll chat again soon thanks so much for being here